Hello and welcome to Beyond the Real right here on Mountain 91.5. Talking about the movies that come out each weekend. What we love, what we don't necessarily love. What you're listening to right now is Pure Imagination by Brian Megan, which was prominently featured in the Ready Player One official movie trailer. Unfortunately, it did not make it into the movie, but it's still awesome nonetheless. I'm Kyle. I'm TJ. And I'm Colin. So tonight we got a couple movies, uh, one of which is Ready Player One. So let's just jump right into our show. So the first movie is God's Not Dead. Uh, Light and Darkness was released last Thursday, uh, projected to make around $7 million. It actually made $2.6. It's the third installment in the God's Not Dead series. Uh, it was directed by Michael Mason. And, uh, well, I got to see it. And, well, it was... How can I how, how can I really put this? It was. It it was. Um I don't believe that this is a, a you know a true story or based on a true story, which is probably the most frustrating part of this, to be honest. Um when a movie is trying to assert certain beliefs and you know trying to convince people to do these things, it's really hard to sympathize with what's going on when you know it's not even a true story. Like I get that some a lot of movies are fictional, and they're trying to give you a message. But when it's so based in, like, reality, when there's, you know, no f- fantastical elements of the movie, it, it just comes off really wrong. What's um, the movie about? So, essentially, it's about a church that's on a college campus. I don't even know if the college that they, they mention in is real. Oh, it takes place in modern day. Okay. Yeah, it's modern day, um, and apparently there's a university. Let's see, it's called Hadley University, and I'm, I just want to double check because I don't want to be uh, a big jerk about this. It looks like we have a uh, online university, um, so it, it's an it's an online university, Hadley. So. God's Not Dead, A Light and Darkness is about a church that's on campus, and um, it's really controversial. Um, there's a lot of protests going on. The students think that it shouldn't be on there because the university is apparently a state campus, and they're talking about you know church and state uh, not intermixing, and a lot of the protesters are saying, well, because there's a Christian church here, um, you know, they're, they're unfairly favoring a certain religion over others, and for a state university, that's not... Okay, um, so the movie basically starts off as Pastor Dave is the main character who um, his dad owned the church and now it's his. He is being persecuted because he is on the campus and he has this church. And um, essentially something happens where someone like attacks the church and it burns partially and someone gets hurt, which oh. isn't a spoiler. That's how the, the movie starts. So it's a story about like the lawsuit and the pastor fighting um, the university's decision to get rid of the church off its campus. Yeah, that sounds like it was made for a particular audience, especially being released over Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. So um, the problem with what I've heard about the first two God's Not Dead movies, I haven't personally watched. 
um, either of them. The problem that I have heard and that I was reinforced when I saw the third one just a few days ago is that the movies aren't really sure who their audience is. Because for people that are religious and you know are Christian, all this stuff reaffirms what they're what they believe in and the struggles that they have. And I think this third one did a good job of you know, offering a sympathetic path for those people and reaffirming their beliefs, but it's not a movie that would convert anybody. Um, no, but I would imagine that if you buy a ticket for a movie called God's Not Dead, that you kind of know what you're in for. Yeah. It's just... It's not I, looking to take anybody by surprise. You're right about that. Perhaps they're not trying to convert anybody, but, I mean, the the message about this movie is that you know, there are a lot of people that are confused, and especially our age, that are confused about their faith, and they don't really know what to think, and those people need to be guided. So I feel like, in part, it is kind of um, marketed towards um, people that might not ex- actually, you know, be religious. Like myself. I don't consider myself an atheist or whatever. I'm just not religious at all. Same. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing, but I'm making it a it's thing anyway. It's agnostic. Yes. Okay. I am also that. Look at us. Being so, all the uh, same. The the actual definition of agnostic means that you can't affirm whether there is or is not a god. It just means that you don't have any religion. You can't. Um, you, it means that you don't have any knowledge. Because the difference the difference between agnostic and atheist is that an atheist affirms that there is no god. Where, yeah. Whereas an agnostic says, "I don't know, and I'm not going to pretend that I know." Hmm. I don't even know if I'm that. I'm just not religious. I don't. I f- like not really spiritual. I don't know if that's a if that is a part of that or it's, it is it's a part of that. Okay, yeah. so fine, put a label on me. That's fine. I'll 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 let you do that. <laughs> his label is cool guy. <laughs> Slap it on him. Unrelated to any of the things he's just said, he's just man. A cool I would guy. read I would read the crap out of that Bible. Oh yeah, cool guy. <laughs> cool guy cool does guy cool Bible. things. Uh, uh, so, anyways, the yeah. ten cool manmans. God. Oh, God's not dead. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what the movie that's thinks his audience is, and. Really, it did not, it didn't move me. It didn't connect with me at all. I found myself disagreeing with the characters, not on a, like, religious level, on their motives level. Like, it, I don't know. Some of the stuff that they're um, asserting, I I just don't agree with as, like, a general moral thing. And, you know, some, and there's plot holes. So, in general, the film, I guess, is okay as... A Christian movie, but like as a, you know, as a whole film, it's just not very good. So, mm. um, Oof. I think if I think if you are questioning your faith and you're in that position, this movie might actually be a good one to see. Um, on that note, um, relating to one of the movies we talked about last week, which is Paul Apostle of Christ, um, that is a good movie to to watch for people that are Christian that do feel persecuted um, in minor ways regularly on the regular da- basis. Um, I would suggest going to see Paul. I, that's probably a little bit better. I would actually well go even, even different than that. I, I think if you're looking for a Christian movie that's in theaters, check out, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what did you think about that? 
I going back. Not 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 as much of not as much as uh, of a faith thing. They don't push it nearly as hard as I would imagine something like Paul, Apostle of Christ, did. But there are certainly Christian elements too. I can only imagine, and I thought those actually worked really well within the context of that movie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it for anybody looking to looking for guidance, but. That I thought that was a really good story, if nothing else. That just happened to have religious elements, and that appealed to me more than something like God's Not Dead too. Mm-hmm. And well, three, never mind. Yeah. Although I gotta ask you, do you think that one of the reasons God's Not Dead three made so little money in its opening weekend was because it was the third faith-based movie released in consecutive weekends? I think that's a big factor to it. Um, you know. I can only imagine has a larger appeal than just Christian religious people. Yeah. Uh, Paul Apostle Christ has the appeal that is a period piece and is historical. This one is in modern day and it is the third one. And from what I hear, I haven't seen the first two. I hear that the first two are like really bad. Oh. And I can tell, I can say, I can, you know, give some props to the filmmakers, um, which are basically two pastors or priests. Unfortunately, I don't know what. Exactly. There is a difference. Um, they the only one I know is Bishop, and that's Catholic. Let's Bad, see. Past that, I don't know much. Um, not sure. But they're becoming better filmmakers from what I've seen. Is that this one is a better, more well-put-together film? I mean, that's a stretch, but it's better put together than the first two. But anyways, yes, I think that because it's the third and this one doesn't have as much to offer than the other two. It probably is performing pretty poorly. Gotcha. So that's what I think about God's Not Dead. Um, The next movie on uh, the list is Acrimony. Acrimony. And the... Acrimony, for those who don't know the definition, is is bitterness, kind of anger towards something specific or just in general. And I have to say that this movie made me feel acrimony. (laughs) <laughs> this this movie's really bad. Oh but, god. Em. But it gave me a it gave me a heads up. It gave me a very strong heads up when in the credits it said written, directed and produced by Tyler Perry. <laughs> so so right away it kind of lowered my expectations. And you're a Tyler Perry fan. Fan is a strong word. <laughs> I, I I ironically enjoy the Medea films. Oh jeez. Yeah. Boo too, baby. <laughs> Nah, man, it's all about that Medea goes to jail. I've only seen Boo 2. Whoa, whoa. Medea's big happy family. No spoilers for Paddington 2, okay? (laughs) Uh, Nah, I hope not. But anyway, Acrimony is about a woman who has had a kind of a bad relationship with a guy for most of her life. And it's told in kind of nonlinear fashion. It starts with her in the courtroom getting sentenced to required mental treatment for a little bit for her anger. And it kind of unfolds in the beginning from there. It goes back to when she first met this guy that supposedly ruined her life. And eventually it catches up to the present and finishes out their story to the end. And it's, it's, it's not good. (laughs) This acrimony is not a good film. I can't stress that. The only, the only thing the only thing I can, the only good thing I can say about it is that the lead actress Taraji P Henson is awesome. I haven't I haven't seen her in other things, but she plays the angry and malevolent personality 
really, really well. And I can tell you that whenever she's on the screen and she's mad about something, she owns it. So that was that was kind of satisfying to see some talent in a Tyler Perry movie. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't imagine that's something you see very much. But um, uh, the film just doesn't really know what it what it wants to be. It starts out with Taraji P. Henson's character as this kind of sympathetic woman who is legitimately getting screwed over by this guy that she meets and but she likes him anyway and you kind of feel bad for her and you kind of you kind of hate the guy but then it transitions into adulthood and they just completely switch roles where you kind of start feeling a little sympathetic for the husband and what he's doing and Taraji P. Henson's character goes completely off the rails and I wasn't rooting for her by the end and I really just didn't know what Tyler Perry was going for throughout this movie to, I don't know what story he was trying to tell or anything. Maybe he was just trying to convey what the feeling of acrimony can do to a person, Hmm. but the pacings off the story is filled with contrivances and it doesn't make much sense. And I can't believe I would ever put this prefix to a sentence, but the Medea films are better than Acrimony. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, the, B- the Medium films are better than a all lot of, of films. All of so. them. I would watch any of the Medea films again before I revisited Acrimony. Oh, man. They're gooder than a lot of films. Like, Boo 2, here we come. <laughs> please don't. Please, <laughs> please. Please don't. Kyle doesn't like Boo <laughs> No. I'd rather watch Acrimony. No, well, don't watch Acrimony. <laughs> did did Butu at least make you laugh, even if it was ironically? It I don't. I was sitting next to him. He didn't laugh. <laughs> no, I hated it. I he was having a terrible time. I legitimately didn't laugh a single time. I just sulked <laughs> in my my chair. Yeah. So Medea, so Butu gave you the feeling of acrimony. Butu gave him the feeling of boo. <laughs> Boo, two, two O's. Yeah. Boo to you, boo to. Boo to you, movie. Yeah. Kind of. There's a cow in there. There's a cow. Okay. Whoa. Acrimony. I I, I mean, don't don't insult Tyler Perry's body like that. That's mean. Oh Oh, my word. No, I didn't. He's like a fit man, dude. He's Medea. Sure isn't. I well, yeah, yeah. but that's Medea, (laughs) not Tyler Perry. (laughs) She's a fit woman. No, she isn't. Okay, anyways, uh, Acrimony. Um, have you even seen Boo 2 by Tyler Perry? <laughs> okay. Yes, and I wish I hadn't. Making fun of a fictional, <laughs> completely fabricated <laughs> character. Okay, anyways, uh, Acrimony, do you have any final thoughts on it? Don't see it. It's bad. See something else. What What would you suggest to see um, instead of Acrimony? I would suggest Ready Player One instead of Acrimony. Or... And- or, or this weekend, uh, we're going to get to it later, but you could watch A Quiet Place. And you can see all these movies at the awesome Celebration Cinema, which is where I saw Acrimony. And although the movie was bad, the theater was great, as it always is. They've got great staff. They've got great theaters, great seats. I also saw Boo 2 there, actually, as a matter <laughs> of fact. And that experience was great all around. Yep. That's the power of Celebration Cinema, to make Boo 2 tolerable. If that's not a compliment, I don't know what is. Mm. Preach. So anyway, if you're gonna see if you're gonna see Acrimony this weekend, which you shouldn't, and 
But even if you are, go see it at Celebration Cinema. Fantastic. And you teased it. Ready Player One is back on the topic list this week, even though we talked about it last week because it was released on Thursday night and there were screenings on Wednesday. We were able to talk about it on the show. But we're going to talk about it again now that more of the hosts have gotten a chance to see it. So now that we've all seen it, I want to hear your guys' opinions. Uh, Okay. My opinion's not super different from everyone else's, to be sure. honest. What, I, what I've heard is that it's, it's quote-unquote fun. It's one of those movies where the fun is, like, apparently the only descriptor people can come up with for it. But, yeah, I mean, it's because it fits. Like, you know, it's, it's, like, fun is the only word. It's like Mad Max, where you just sit in the seat, and you're like, okay, I'm having fun. Can you give us a synopsis? Um, all right. Just to kind of recap. Yeah, like, what's the movie about? Wade is a is a boy in Ohio who plays VR chat all day. <laughs> uh, like the rest of America, he's not weird in this in this future. Everybody plays VR chat. Also, VR chat is called the Oasis, and it's way cooler. And uh, they go on a grand adventure to find a dead man's egg. It's an Easter egg in a video game. It's a dead man's egg. He's dead, and he laid an egg, and he says, find this egg. Actually, I want to comment on that guy because he was really funny. Is James Halliday was his name. He's Played the creator. by Mark Rylance. Yeah, he's right. the creator of the Oasis in the story. And uh, he just doesn't feel really like an actor. He just feels like an awkward guy they pulled on the set. Like, in a good way, it works. And it's it's really entertaining. Like he was walking by the side. It's like, hey, do you do you want to be in a movie? He's like, um, maybe. Come and, on, come on. And he probably stammered a little bit and, and like said something about hot pockets. Nobody knew what he was talking about. Huh. So you liked it though. You liked the movie. Yes. Cool. The group that I went with all like had the similar sort of experience. I know there were some. There were a, the movie is packed with references, but I know that there were a couple in particular that I just completely geeked out like shook my fist in the air was happy for when they when they put it on and i had a lot of fun with it i saw it a week ago so i've had a little bit of time to look back on it and the question that i found myself asking was if it didn't have all the awesome pop culture references would it still be a good movie that is an interesting question and it's hard to tell because um there's one of the fights in the movie there's I'm not sure if this is too spoilerly, spoilery, but we know Iron Giant is in the movie because he's all mm-hmm. over the trailers. Yeah. And he fights Mechagodzilla, and I don't care about either of those characters. Well, that's not to say I don't care. i just not really super familiar with either of them. But, like, when I was sitting in a theater watching this, I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is yeah. great. Yeah. It's yeah. about time this happened. Yeah, it's, so, it's, the like, only, it's the only movie where you can see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Iron Giant and Mechagodzilla and a Gundam and ha- and Halo Master Chief and the Halo Rocket Launcher in one shot. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. You, you like can recognize these characters even if you, like like me, don't know super a lot about them. So I guess that doesn't really answer the question of whether or not it would be better with – it would be still be good without the pop culture in it because – I like it still recognize it as pop culture and I see it all in one place and that's just, just a thrill that comes from that. So but I think Ready Player One obviously the the pop culture is integral to the story and the whole world that is built around the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think if you were to take that story and adapt it 
without those pop culture references, I think it still would be a good movie because the message is still valid that um, the movie tries to portray, which is don't get too absorbed in your electronics. You know, the real world is the only place that you can, you know, experience reality. You know, it's the, it's the best place for us to experience life. Yeah, and I think that's an awesome message. And I kind of I kind of think that if you took out the pop culture references, it would be kind of like taking all the glitz and glamour out of the game world, which is that once you once you take all the really cool stuff out of it, you're not really left with much because what you've got there is just a bunch of fake things that you kind of spend your time with and you need mm-hmm. to get out in the real world. So, kind of at a meta level, I think it works, but for me just in the movie, I'd I wasn't invested in the characters enough to want to spend a ton of time with them. I wanted to spend time with the world more than anything with the world of the Oasis. Mm-hmm. So I didn't find the characters interesting enough, but I do think that if you took out the pop culture references, that there's still something valid and meaningful to be found in ready player one. Certainly. Except for the thing where they do, you know, the thing where like they have people wearing VR helmets and they're just like, running around in the game but also running around in the real world and they'd probably like get run over by cars because you see them in the streets just I running that around was odd too. vr helmets like you're gonna you're gonna get i didn't somehow. see a lot of traffic on those streets though there, there like, was I, th- I think it's mighty dangerous to drive with vr goggles yeah they but they're also like <laughs> like doing spin kicks and everything all around and like somebody's gonna punch somebody else and like meanwhile like this that that scenario where people are like the movements they do are the same as in the game like you're gonna if you have to move in the world then you have to actually walk in the real world as well apparently this is like they they deal with this like when people are playing in their houses by like having like 360 degree treadmills which are awesome by the way yeah that, like you that know, would be cool there's there's ways around that that the movie has so i don't know why it didn't really use that for everybody and instead just had kids maybe not everybody, maybe not everybody can afford it yeah that's true I'd like the one shot where there's like a group of people running and it cuts to peop- the kids on the street and they're all running in the same formation with yeah, the VR goggles yeah. on. It looks so it was so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it was cool, like, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, it's just like, why? The street would what? Have to be exactly the same as the path they were running on in the game. Yeah. I don't know. So. So. So if nothing else, Ready Player One is certainly enjoyable and it's oh, certainly yeah. a great yeah. time at the movies. That was a nitpick. That's not a super huge. Problem. No, no, it's oh, not. No. It's, no, it wasn't was, meant to be a I nitpick. I just thought it was funny in the yeah. theater. No, but that just seems to be the most, like you said earlier, that seems to be the most common word that people use to describe Ready Player One along with fun as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a good time. I think the cool thing also is that I thought, you know, before the movie, I could tell that they were modernizing some of the pop culture references. So the book was all 80s. Now it's like 80s to present. And the effect of that is that a lot more people are interested in it. Um, I've had a, a couple people talk to me that I would not expect w- would like this movie would appeal to. You know, right. like not even like nerd type, you know, not to be like, they're not nerds. They don't like stuff that I fans. like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that. It's just. There are certain people that would appreciate this kind of like video game, comic, movie culture, and these people weren't exactly in that that group of people that I you described. So it was cool that this movie appealed to those type of people. When was the book made? Uh, it was pretty recent. Uh, now you're putting me on the spot here. Um, 
It wasn't long ago. I think it was like 2014. Oh, okay. Or 2015. I thought it, I thought it might have been like a mid 2000s or 90s novel or something. 2010. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, obviously the writer is probably from like the 80s. Sure. Like that's when he grew up. But yeah, I think it's really cool that time traveled from there. You know what? That's absolutely a possibility. Yeah. I just thought I'd derail whatever you were saying to, to make my joke. So anyways, I think it's great that uh, it's it. appealing to a lot of different people. Um, so I think this is our big endorsement for this entire show is you know, check out Ready Player One. It's really fun. Like you said, it's enjoyable. And just sit back and relax, you know? Have, have a good time. So that was our movies for this past week. Uh, now we're going to get into a little fun. Um, we have a new segment this week. Same segment, but new uh, concept. We're going to do some movie ad-libs. Uh, and we're going to put it all together. And in honor of one of the movies coming out this week, A Quiet Place, we're going to do a um, horror movie ad-lib. So, Just to explain the game that we're doing here, sure. we're, we're doing we're doing mad-libs because acrimony is a noun. So, yes. so we were like, okay, well... You know, parts of speech are cool. Right. Let's talk about that. You know what else is cool? What? Mad Libs. Sometimes. My man. My m- that's That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm going to be on. It was not my idea. It was entirely Colin's idea. So we uh, connected a little deeper here on the show. Connected through Mad Libs. Yeah. So anyways. That Mad Libs does that to people. It's t- got that magic. Mad Lib magic. So More like magic libs. Okay. So we're doing Mad Libs, right? Right. Okay, so we need a male name. What What do we got here? Uh, Coral. Rom, Rombert. Okay, I think uh, <laughs> Carl is good. Okay, okay that's Carl. fine. That's we need uh, a female name. Aquafina. Aquafina? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hardly... <laughs> Car- Carl and Aquafina. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, now we need a location. Taj Mahal. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Um, also, uh, we got some audience, uh, <laughs> oh, really? audience participation here. All right. Um, we got uh, a fan sent in uh, one of the plural nouns, which uh, hippos. Hippos. So that's what we needed next. That's is a good thing to have multiple of. His hippos. Okay, and then we have, um, oh, geez. Plural noun? Okay, so, and then a male name is uh, Stripper, is the male name. <laughs> the male name is just Stripper. Stripper. It sounds like a TMNT, like, villain. Yeah. Instead of, like, Shredder. Stripper. If it weren't actually. <laughs> They're new arch nemesis. Yeah. Uh. Okay, so, <laughs> thank you for the audience participation uh the next thing we need is a plural household object wait did you, you did you skip plural noun no that got, was the audience submission suggested. you do this one i've been I've okay been... okay uh plural household object um uh false teeth <laughs> false teeth <laughs> make sure the s gets in there <laughs> false Teeth for our movie <laughs> horror movie ad lib. Uh, next up on oh, our yeah. ad lib is um, second plural noun. Um, Colin. <laughs> That's not a plural okay. noun. Collins. Uh, hold on. Um, let's see. Colanders. Plur- Colanders. Kitchen item. It's not kitchen. Let's not. Let's go away from the household. Okay. okay. Ch- bus stops. 
Sure, man. Bus stops. Let's that's, do that's it. Good. Okay. Let's do okay. It. Bus stops. Moving right along. Moving right along. Um, next up, we got a noun. Mm, uh, shaving cream. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no. No, sh- shaving cream is good. Just, just cream. Just no, no. Uh, shave it, shaving cream. Keep it shaving cream. Okay. All right. Shaving cream is our next noun. Um, what's up next? Type of criminal. Uh, uh, I see second male name. That's that was also audience. Yeah, that was stripper. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so bad about this. Jeez. Type of criminal. Um, smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, smooth criminal. <laughs> That's fantastic. Collective noun. I thought next. that was pretty good. <laughs> the last one is a collective noun. I don't know what that is. So that's like we, us, group. Um, you know, it's kind of like a plural noun. Uh, friends. Oh, jeez. Allies. I think that's a plural. Allies. I like allies. Yeah, okay. Star allies. Okay, Kirby so with allies. that, with that, we have our... Mad Lib of oh, <laughs> the <boy>. week, and <laughs> I'll be reading it for you. This. Okay. Carl and Aquafina just moved to Taj Mahal. <laughs> it's their dream home, and these newlyweds are excited to embark on their lives together. But their real estate agent didn't tell them their house is haunted by hippos. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the endangered oh, no. animal. At first, it's small things, like missing false teeth and broken <laughs> bus stops. No! But, oh. the square, <laughs> the squares, but the scares quickly escalate at, as the pair begins seeing shaving cream. Other oh. specters <laughs> roaming the house. Honey, I'm seeing shaving cream! Oh, it hurts my eyes! They decide to call the police, but they can't help... <laughs> The couple discovers their house was last occupied by stripper. A smooth, oh, dun, dun, dun. Occupied by stripper, a smooth criminal, who was killed by allies. Oh, will the couple survive the haunting or be torn up, torn apart by fear? That's I, wonderful. Wow, that that was pretty. All good. right, can we get a round of applause up in here? Good job. Good that, job, yes, yeah, 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 providing, <laughs> providing endless entertainment. We didn't. We're not sponsored by Mad Libs. So thank you um, for the audience participation, and thank both of you for awesome suggestions for this uh, horror movie. At Mad Libs. False teeth, Colin. <laughs> false teeth. <laughs> doing that. So um, maybe this will be a recurring segment. Depends. Uh, tweet at us. Beyond the real on Twitter. We'll have some audience part- more audience participation in the future. So you can get in on the action. And now we're going to get into the new movies that are coming out this weekend. And one of which is A Quiet Place. Spooky. Do you have a trailer or something like that that you wanted to play for this? Oh, yes, of course. So in the weeks, the show's passed uh, for the last couple weeks. I've been trying to play a trailer. Um, The whole concept of A Quiet Place is that you're not supposed to make any noise. It's a horror movie. Um... Kind of post-apocalyptic, I suppose. Um, and there's the world is filled with these monsters, and basically they leave you alone unless you make a noise, like any kind of noise. If they can hear you, they'll hunt you and take you out. So yes, but they're blind, so they can't see you. They can only hear you. Is that is that how that works? I'm pretty sure. 
I mean, I assume that's how that works. Yeah. They're not just be like, oh, this guy's over there. I'm going to ignore him unless he makes a noise and be like, oh, you, you're going to mess with me, okay? Just, just keep it down over there, all right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no harm, no foul. You ready, kids? Keep it down. <laughs> Get off my planet. <laughs> um, so anyways. But this is my planet. This is my planet. Oh, man. But this is my planet. Sorry, I'll leave. Um, Thanks, so anyways, man. the whole concept is that uh, it's supposed to be like quiet. So the whole movie is kind of quiet, and the trailer didn't translate well to radio, as you might <laughs> be able to guess. It was very visual. So uh, I did tweet out the trailer. If you're interested in uh, checking out the trailer for A Quiet Place, it's tweeted out on our Twitter, Beyond the Real on Twitter. Keep plugging that Twitter. But um, Quiet it's... Place stars John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as the uh, as the mother and father of a, of a family who's trying to survive in this in this landscape, in the setting. Also, it was directed by John Krasinski. John Krasinski, you probably know as the lovable Jim Halpert from The Office, and Emily Blunt, you probably know from a couple of action roles that she's done over the years, such as mm-hmm. Edge of Tomorrow, probably some others that I can't think oh, of. Oh my goodness. But Ed- Edge of Tomorrow was the one that came to mind yeah, first for me. Yeah, I really like Edge of Tomorrow. We got um, The Huntsman, Winter War, um, The Girl on a Train... So she's got uh, a few on it, on it. But the trailer looks really neat. It's a very neat concept. It's going to be new, um, and I, we're all really excited to see it. You know what else is neat about it is the reviews. It's currently mm-hmm. got 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is, um, you know, you mentioned earlier with Get Out um, in a personal conversation, not earlier in the show, but uh, how Get Out was a horror director debut for Jordan Peele, and it got crazy uh reception it's like the holly the new hollywood trend is taking somebody that's associated with comedy and putting him in the director's chair of a horror movie and suddenly end up with like a really good movie somehow yeah funny people are spooky yeah i want to see uh jim carrey direct a horror movie <laughs> is what i want to uh, yeah, see he'd probably do a good uh, job honestly. gee let me think um <laughs> <laughs> i honestly think i would pay about five Five monies to, you know, have Jim Carrey. Wow, five whole monies. Yeah. Nice. Um, See him direct a horror movie. But anyways, A Quiet Place, John Krasinski, better known as Jim Halpert from The Office. I think he's trying to break from that mold a little bit with this movie, and hopefully he does because he seems like a pretty likable dude. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited about seeing it. Um, If you're looking for a horror movie – this is probably the movie to see. We can't be for sure because we haven't seen it yet. But uh, that is being released tomorrow night, uh, Thursday. Uh, check it out. A Quiet Place, directed and partly written by John Krasinski. And the next movie that is coming out this coming weekend is Blockers, which I do have a trailer for. And it will play 100% all the way through. No issues. Guaranteed. So here's the trailers trailer for Blockers. Guaranteed. I used to hold that girl in the palm of my hand. Kayla's becoming a woman. You're going to have to deal with that. You think I'm going to miss the most important night of your young life? Isn't that graduation? Graduation is for losers. Tonight is the first night of our adult lives. I want to go to prom and lose my virginity. (laughs) Prom night. It's kind of perfect. I'm in. Our girls are not thinking things through. I'm going to stop them. I'm in. I'll do anything for my daughter. What about a chugging contest? Bring it. No, no, we're chugging, right? (laughs) We're butt chugging. A team player, or aren't you? I just chugged a 40 with my hole. I'm a team player. Won't do 
So Blocker is coming out this weekend, uh, a story about uh, a couple parents trying to prevent their daughters from, well, doing something irresponsible on prom night. Blocker stars John Cena, and mm-hmm. the fact that it comes out this weekend is kind of coincidental to the fact that WWE WrestleMania also happens this weekend on Sunday. I don't think I don't think John Cena is going to be present, but I just thought that was like a funny coincidence for both of those to happen. I kind of like how much John Cena is getting involved. We have The Rock and John Cena, and I, I definitely know. I definitely like The Rock better. Yeah, I I mean. The Rock is in a lot of really hardcore action movies. John Cena really isn't. He's more in comedies. Oh, I'm just talking about, like, I, I think The Rock is a, just a really nice guy. Yeah. Like, like in interviews and everything, they talk to him. Everybody likes The Rock. You know what's funny is that John Cena is actually really cool, too. I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it into competition here, but, like, John Cena, like, has done a lot of, um, like, for Make-A-Wish. I think he has the record for yeah, Make-A-Wish. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um. So both nice guys. They're both wrestlers, and they do awesome stuff. Cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to be like John Cena's cooler. No, no, there's no way that he could be. But thank you, thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for chiming in. I, I, pre- so, I appreciate the discussion. So, although uh, only one of us has truly seen WWE, and I'm guessing it's not you. Hey, I'm not comparing their wrestling potential. <laughs> I'm comparing. I'm still here. His acting performance in Fred. Okay, Fred. The- Motion picture. <laughs> Fred. Oh, yeah, Fred. Yeah, Fred. I genuinely forgot who that was. I was like, is it You Ted? and America. The one with, with Peter uh, Griffin in it, Ted? No. The one with Peter Griffin in it, Ted, too? So, Blockers. Comedy coming out. Really racy comedy. It's, R-rated, for sure. Yeah, 100% R-rated. Uh, we had to censor some parts of the trailer. Um, but... <laughs> for you know, college age dudes, I think we're all excited to see this movie. Well, yeah, I'm kind of annoyed about the ads. Yeah, but that's really it. I'll still see it. I, TJ, I think it. Super. I think it looks like fun. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Blockers. Yeah, somehow. I'm also not me and a Colin. Big fan of comedy movies. Neither am I. But for some reason, this one look just looks fun. Like, I think the party movies, like Hangover. Not, well, Hangover is not really a party movie. More like um, Super Bad. Like, Superbad was really fun. Like, Project I really like X. Super. I never saw Project X. It's not really worth your time, but, oh. like, it's it's got some good laughs in it. I think Superbad is, is, like, a good example of what I mean. Otherwise, I'm not a big comedy person. Uh, there's it, When comedy movies are good, I like them, but I just feel like they have, they, they have too much leeway to be not good. They, like, they're I given too that. much. You well, because it's just you gotta, you just gotta. It's just a comedy, right? Like as long as it makes you laugh, yeah. Then mm-hmm. the bar is kind of lowered. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But so. then again, I I claim to have liked Boo too. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, your credibility just went like way down. Yeah, yeah approval ratings are down, TJ. You're gonna have to bring those up. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll I'll take that hit from Adia. <laughs> Defending what you love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Blockers, it has an 88% with critics, which is pretty impressive for comedy. You know? Um, So, this one looks fun. Me and Colin are definitely excited to see it. TJ, I think, is going to come along with us if we get the chance. For sure. Um, So, A Quiet Place and Blockers coming out this weekend. We got a horror and a comedy. Um, And that's what you can look forward to. And what's new for the box office 
So going into the per- weekend predictions for the new movies, I'm predicting Blockers to do better than A Quiet Place. I'm predicting I'm predicting Quiet Place to do better just because it's getting it's getting better reviews, and I think it. Don't quote me on this, but I I wouldn't bet against it to be kind of like a sleeper hit like Get Out mm. was sort of. I, I don't know that it. I'm expecting it to be that level, but I am expecting it to be that level just a bit higher than Blockers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm also uh, expecting A Quiet Place to be the top on the top here, just because I don't like the trailers for Blockers. So you know where The Quiet Place is not going to be? The box office. Because the box office is going to be stormed with people, and it won't be quiet because oh, they're coming I, to see you this know, movie. I get it, dude. I get the joke. I didn't at first, but then you explained it. Hey, riddle me this. Yeah. Okay. What goes away when you say its name? Silence. TJ. <laughs> TJ. <laughs> Goodbye. False teeth. <laughs> oh, no. There's false teeth in the other room. I'm starting to see some false teeth in our Taj Mahal. And she's uh. like, you just said the name. They're gone. He's like, oh, good. Okay, uh. so <laughs> those are predictions for the week. Uh, we're going to jump into our new stories. We only got a couple. Uh, the first of which is 2001 A Space Odyssey is returning to theaters um, in May with the original 70 millimeter format. So the 1968 film, which is widely considered one of the best movies of all time, will be returning um, in its un non-remastered version. So the original way it was premiered in theaters is how it's returning. So That's pretty cool. So basically, you know, you have this Star Wars, um, like, remastered edition. So, like, the original trilogy, you know, George Lucas went back and added a bunch of CGI to those movies. Essentially, 2001... They're going back to the way it was. So um, that's interesting. Yep. Have you guys actually seen 2001? I have not. Me neither. But it's for the 50th anniversary of the uh, film, so that's why they're bringing it back. Um, I think it's pretty neat. I saw the Ghostbusters 30th anniversary back when that uh, back when that came out. That was a special event at a theater near me. Mm-hmm. So spe- I think special events like this are cool, and it's ni- it's nice ways for the theater to get some money, and it's also nice ways for fans of the movie to go see it in a good format. Yeah. So like, I like stuff like this. Me and my friend Zach, and TJ participated. He just didn't see the movie. We yeah, went and saw um, Back to the Future in theaters. It when, was real sad. For uh, 2015. Nice. But we all dressed up. You dressed up as Doc. I dressed I up, did. dressed up as Biff. Um, Zach was Marty. Yes. I definitely think, yeah, I, mean, I agree with you, Colin. These events are really cool. Um, and it's really neat to bring it back. And it's a nice little nod to fans, you know. I've been to a couple of them, not just for anniversaries, but like... Um, Back back when I back before I came here for school, the theater near me, which was an AMC theater, did all kinds of cool events. Mm-hmm. So I went to I went to the Dark Knight trilogy, and it had like a it went it went up to a midnight premiere. Of the Dark Knight Rises when that happened, they had uh, they had a Lord of the Rings extended edition marathon <laughs> during oh. during the whole day. It took it took eleven hours. I heard about that one, and it was awesome there's another one for <laughs> um i was expecting you to say in infinity war apparently there's going to be a marathon of all the marvel movies what? Nope, nope it's it's in two theaters there's one in florida and there's one in like new york or something and they're only they're not showing all of them oh yeah which is which is unfortunate because I, I if it if it were showing all of them i would probably 
skip some skip some finals to go see those. I wonder how long that is, like in total it's about, time. It's about thirty one hours. Is it? Yeah. For every movie in Marvel. Yes, every movie, every single every single movie is thirty one hours. Wow. Yeah, and the other fun event that I went to was the Indiana Jones Marathon to celebrate whenever that came out. But again, to celebrate the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh no, that was um like Indiana Jones was coming on to Blu-ray or something. Ah. Uh, kind of a contrivance, but it was fun to go see it anyway. Sweet. Yeah. Um so our next news story is uh it's not really news, just something that has surfaced recently and that is that um after the movie uh Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out, the some more shorts were produced, three of them, uh to play before Disney movies. So I think they it played in front of like Tarzan for the VHS and uh, like different movies at the time. So they're full of uh, full length for, you know, animated. Uh, so they're around 12 minutes. They're tweeted out on our Twitter, beyond the real on Twitter. If you want to check that out. It's a uh, link to a YouTube video, which is about half an hour long, but it's kind of neat. You know, it's reminiscent of the first scene in who framed Roger rabbit where, um, you know, he's trying to take care of the baby in, in the kitchen. So cool. It's, it's really neat. Um, you know, if you're a fan of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, then definitely check that out because it reminds me a lot of the old style cartoons. I know I'm a fan of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I I like them. I like animation really well, but more than that, I like hand drawn animation. Mm-hmm. So that that movie is something that I really enjoy. And speaking In fact, of which, I, I enjoy it so much that I'd actually give it a two teeth up rating. <laughs> two false two teeth up. Yep. He took two of his teeth and threw them in the air. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is just that good. Well, consequentially, it's uh, our indie showcase of the week. While this is not necessarily even close to an independent movie, uh, it even won an Oscar, right? It wasn't just nominated. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it won for like best animated feature or something. Yeah, so it's it was a big movie back then, um, 1988. But uh, I think for people that are younger who aren't necessarily aware of this movie. Uh, it's important that we mention it because it's really neat. It's a mix of live action and uh, animation. Um, it was basic. I don't know if it was the first movie to really do it like this. I think it was the first movie to do it really well. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure the first movie to do it was, in fact, Space Jam. And did that come out before Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, it probably didn't. Okay, yeah, I was like, like I, I think this is before Space Jam. No, no, but like. Roger Rabbit set the template and Space Jam perfected it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, 96 for Space Jam. That was <laughs> eight years later. <laughs> um, yes, I agree with Space Jam. But Who Frame Roger Rabbit is basically like, you know, Space Jam before Space Jam. Probably better. Yes, but does, better, who, does Who Framed Roger Rabbit have Michael Jordan? Who Framed Roger Rabbit has some great cartoon characters. Yeah. So. It has Christopher Lloyd in it. Ah, well, I got yeah, you there. there. Yeah, but it's yeah. Christopher Lloyd and Michael Jordan. It also has no, Bob he's Christopher Hoskins. Lloyd. He's, it's, it's great. I think uh, He can this say all the kinds of things like, oh, I'm mad. He plays the villain in this movie, and I think that's really fun. That's how he talks. He's Christopher Lloyd. He's going, Marty! He's like old. He's, he's been old since he was 26. Yeah, he really... <laughs> So, anyways, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that's our showcase for the week. Uh, 
it should be pretty easy to access. It's you know it's a pretty well known movie in general. But if you haven't seen it, you haven't heard of it, we highly suggest checking it out. It's a great movie, and then go watch Space Jam because that's also a great movie. So, anyways, that's our show for the week. Um, thanks for tuning in, and a special thanks to our audience who participated in our Mad Libs section that will definitely be returning very soon. Um, so we'll be back in the studio next Wednesday, same time, 10 p.m. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Beyond the Real on Twitter, for short reviews, our news articles. We tweet them out, um, all that information. We're pretty cool. So follow <laughs> and us there. Humble. Yeah. And humble, best of all. Um, so, uh, closing comments. Don't see acrimony, please. Okay, awesome. So, uh, highly suggest seeing a quiet place instead of acrimony. But that'll do it for us. So, thanks for listening, and have a great night. Mm-hmm.